Amen. Good morning. Appreciate Greg and Dave holding the fort down for us. <laughs> and poor Greg, he's sick as a dog up there too. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate all the husbands that showed up, even though your wives are gone on the retreat. Good for you. You got up this morning. I'm proud of you. I got up this morning as well, so it was good. Um, we do want to pray for our ladies as they re- arrive back today uh, from their beach retreat where they were learning to love each other um, as much as possible, what Christ calls us to do. Um, so it's good to be with you here this morning. I love times like this too, where it's just intimate, and we are in our last um, message in the prayer series as well. May this just be an awesome time of just really worshiping God this morning together collectively. Okay, But let's go ahead and start off this day with prayer, if you would bow your heads with me. Father God, we are so grateful to be in your presence right now. There is none like you, Father. We love you so much. And I just pray, Father, we just we just draw closer to you today, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for breathing life into us. Thank you for giving us hope when the rest of the world does not have hope because they have not found you yet, Lord. I pray that uh, you'd be here in the midst of us, Lord, in a mighty and powerful way this morning, that we would learn to lean into you and lean into you hard, Lord. Whatever we're facing today, whatever situation we're going through, you know, Lord, you know us. You knew us before we were even born. You knew the plans you had for us. Father, speak to us in this time together. And pray also, Father, for the rest of our congregation as they're at the beach right now, Lord, that they would just experience your presence like never before. You're everywhere at all times, Lord, and I just pray that they would, uh, that our ladies from our church would just experience a powerful time of worship this morning. Would you bring them back to us safely? And and thank you, Father, for what you're doing at Wendover Hills. May we just be a church that's just sold out on you, just fulfilling your will, Lord, to be vibrant and alive. Father, break us out of our comfort zone this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in our day and age when um, technology and video games are are consuming our younger generation's time. It's rare if you ever see (laughs) any kids outside playing anymore or doing something productive outside the house. But uh, Candace and I were driving through a a neighborhood one day and noticed something that just really caught our attention. And there was two young girls that had a lemonade stand-up. I'm like, lemonade stand? That is like so old school. That is great. 
And I was so impressed. I'm like, we are not driving by them until we buy one of their products because I was just so um, proud of them, you know? And so we stopped and pulled over and um, I went up there. I knew that they had put a lot of time and effort into the, uh, into the cardboard that they had made and with the, the bright markers that they had listed the items. They not only had lemonade there, they had baked brownies and cookies and, and some other goodies. And, 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 um, and so, you know, I was like, I'm going to um, put my money toward this and, and really be, hopefully be a blessing to them as they were a blessing to me. I thought, how awesome. I mean, when do you ever see lemonade stands anymore? Kids are <laughs> playing their video games inside. They don't even know what air is anymore outside because, you know, they're in there all the time. But to see a lemonade stand, I was like, so proud of those girls. It really caught my attention. And I thought, if there's um, any an area in our prayer life that really gets God's attention, as we've talked about this prayer series of we've, the last three messages, we've talked about several ways to connect with our Father. And this last week of our series, I want to talk about the impact that two or more can have together in prayer. And we know that praying alone is just as powerful. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Righteous man, understand that. Um, and Jesus even modeled this in his own life, Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. All right, so we know that praying alone is still powerful, but there's something special and something awesome about praying together. And something that quickly gets the attention of God and brings about breakthrough in prayer. Uh, several years ago, I worked at a, at a fitness center, and not only did my job responsibility entail uh, training people, but also uh, working at the smoothie bar. And uh, there was no alcoholic drinks there, okay? It was non-alcoholic, owned by Christians, all right, and everything else. And so... Uh, at the smoothie bar, uh, I, I, I became known as making this one particular um, smoothie. It was basically a, it was a peanut butter chocolate smoothie packed with protein. All right? And this thing was massive. I mean, huge. Massive in calories, massive in protein. Let me just, I wrote down some of the things that I put in this. I just kind of created it uh, one day off of a spinoff of another smoothie. And all the, all the big meatheads would come to me after their workout for this because after work, having a huge, vigorous, tough workout, they wanted to have something that was going to complement their workout as well because you know you just can't just work out and then not feed yourself as well the, the proper nutrients and everything. So in this, this is what I made it. I forget what I named it, and I cannot think of the name, so I'm sorry. I'll, if, whenever I find out the name, maybe I'll, I'll post it on Facebook or something. Anyway, this is what I put in it. Two large spoonfuls of peanut butter. I mean large. I'm talking like, like almost like half the can there. One and a half cups of oats. 40 to 50 grams of protein powder. <laughs> That's good. Add milk, add water, drizzle it with chocolate syrup, and rev it up in the blender. Now this thing was thick, all right? I'm talking almost two meals in one glass, about that big. And so the, the big dudes would come there after the workout, guys that were like twice my size, or just come, probably three times my size, came up and, and really wanted this drink to complement their workout. I mean, it was thick. And I drank them every day. I mean, I loved it. 
And so I made that, and it was, it was the perfect blend to complement these, uh, the, these guys and their workout. It was, it was the drink. Let me just tell you, it was the drink. And I think that um, one of the most refreshing prayers to our Father, the perfect blend for our pro- Father in prayer, is when we pray together and desire to see God move in our midst. There's something powerful when we come together in prayer and compliment what uh, God is doing in our life. But this is how Jesus describes it in um, Matthew chapter 18, if you want to turn with me to there. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20, and I do not want to take this out of context, by the way, uh, because it is talking about what happens when a brother sins against you and the restoration process of that. But toward the end of it, it talks about how we should pray for our brother or sister as well. And in verse 19 through 20, Jesus has these words to say. He says, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Isn't that awesome? It says, if any of you, two of you agree about anything. That word agree is a symphonio, okay? And it means to sound out together in harmony. It's where we get our word symphony. So it's like we're making beautiful music to God when we come together in agreement and in, in, in searching for the will of God in our lives in agreement and prayer. It's a symphony. It's in harmony. And, and thinking about this, Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He was also speaking to all of us, but, but he was specifically speaking to the disciples. And you can imagine Peter in this. Maybe this is why we get from 1 Peter 3, 8, when he wrote these words down as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. And Peter's experience with prayer and the power of praying together um, can be found in, in a couple of different chapters in the book of Acts. But I just want to hit on those uh, um, real quick here. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, we see the power of prayer. J- Peter and John um, uh, go to uh, uh, the temple one day, and they see this man that has been crippled from birth. Well, they heal the, or they, they heal the man through the power of, of, of Jesus there. They, they were able to um, uh, just basically... Um, to tell this man to get up, and he was able to be healed at that instant, that moment. And uh, we really see the power of God working through Peter and John at that time. And so this man's healed. Everyone's like going crazy, like, I can't believe this man's healed. He's like over 40 years old, and it's incredible what's happened here, what's taken place. And so many people are coming to Christ through this because they're believing now in the power of Jesus. And, and so the uh, religious leaders of that time are in a big uproar about this as well because they don't like what they're seeing. And so they throw Peter and John into, into jail for the night and we're going to have a hearing the next day. Well, um, they finally let them go. They told them don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore and everything else. And Peter and John are like, whatever, dude, we're going to still preach in the name of Jesus regardless of what you say. And then it says in verse 23 of chapter 4, it says, on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. 
When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. It's that symphony right there, that symphonio. Um, and it says that, um, uh, that it, it shows kind of what they were praying about there. And then it says in verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. In verse 32, check this out. All the believers were one in heart and mind. All the believers were one in heart and mind. They, they, were, they were praying together. They were lifting up their voices to God together on behalf of Peter and John. And then we see in chapter 12, we always find Peter's in prison all the time, isn't he? He's like always in prison for some reason. No, but um, always in prison for the name of Jesus. But you know this story, maybe if you've heard about this, but, but Peter was um, in, in prison here again for, for speaking in the name of Christ. And so King Herod decides we're going to wipe one of them out, wipes out James, or has him killed and thought, well, let's do this to Peter as well. So they stick him in prison. Now, here's the thing. Since they know Peter has a, um, uh, a history of escaping from prison <laughs> because of what God does in, 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 in the midst of, of this, um, they, they do this. Listen to this. After arresting him, verse 4, they put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So can you imagine this? Four times four, 16, right? 16 soldiers are watching and guarding Peter. They know that he's got something that they don't, and they're like, we're going to keep our guard on this man, make sure he doesn't do anything crazy here. So 16 of them are watching over him at certain times of the day. He's in prison. And it says this in verse 5. This is great. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And what's unique about this story is we find that Peter is like sound asleep in the jail. <laughs> He's like chained to um, another soldier or whatever, and he is sound asleep. So sound asleep that the angel of the Lord that came in to break in at that time had to knock him on the side and said, Wake up, Peter. We're getting out of here. The chains fall off. Peter's in the daze. He doesn't even know what's going on. He follows the angel out. The, and can you imagine, like 16 soldiers are watching this guy, all right? Four, four at a time. And, and still, he escapes at night. And so when he comes, can you imagine this? Now, this is the coolest thing. In this story, the people are praying for, the church is praying earnestly for him. And when they arrive, when he arrives, he arrives at the prayer meeting. He actually comes to the prayer meeting. Check this out. He comes to the prayer meeting. And uh, it says this in, let's see, in verse um, 12 here, it says, When they had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying, all right? So imagine being in a prayer meeting and your answer to prayer is knocking on the door. It says, Peter knocked at the, the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it. And he exclaimed, Peter is at the door. See, here's Peter. It doesn't even open the door because she's so she just can't believe what's going on. Runs back to the prayer meeting and leaves Peter at the door. And finally they go back to him. They can't believe it's him. He's actually there. And, and Peter sees the power of prayer 
Everyone experiences the power of prayer because they were lifting their voices together in harmony to God. It's incredible. So no wonder he says, live in harmony with one another. And so in our, in our text, Jesus says this. He says, when you, you come together, then come together in my name. Do you know how powerful the name of Jesus is? You know how powerful the name of Jesus is? I mean, think about today. People can say these words. They can say, they can say in the name of God, and they can say in the name of Buddha, in the name of Muhammad, in the name of Dalai Lama, in the name of the higher power, in the name of the man upstairs. But if you mention the word of Jesus, if you mention the name of Jesus, everyone's in an uproar, aren't they? If you mention, why is that? Because there's so much power in the name of Jesus. Um, I recently encountered, had another uh, Jehovah's Witness encounter at my house. Uh, and the man came to my door. It was, it was on early Saturday morning um, several weeks ago, and I got into a two-hour <laughs> um, debate in Scripture with him uh, and, his, and his, actually his son, he brought his, his younger son, outside my door of my house. So like two hours, we're, <laughs> I'm not letting this guy go. He's trying to convert me. I'm trying to convert him. And anyway, we're, we're, we're going back and forth, back and forth about Scripture and, uh, and doing it in a, in a very graceful way, of course, and everything. But by the end of it, um, I asked him if I could pray for him. And the dude would not let me pray for him. I'm like, why won't you let me pray for you? He's like, no, 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 you can't. I, and I'm like, man, what? And finally, he let, he wouldn't let, I'm like, who doesn't let you pray for him? I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know of unbelievers in, in restaurants who are, will let you pray for him. I can't, why wouldn't he let me pray? So I did some study upon Jehovah's Witnesses and things like that and came, came to discover that they believe that if you don't pray in the name of Jehovah, that it could go to some other evil spirit or other god or something like that, blah, blah, blah. All right, because they don't believe that Jesus is God or that is equal with God. They believe he's the son of God, but they don't believe he's equal with God. And if Jesus were not equal with God, uh, we would have no chance. You know that, right? And so the thing is this, is that um, uh, I, I did some research on him and, 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 and learned about that. I'm like, oh, that's why he wouldn't let me pray, because if I prayed in the name of Jesus, they wouldn't believe it, it, it would account to anything. Because they believe Jesus was uh, Michael the archangel, actually. How they got that, I have no clue. But the thing is this, is that um, I, I learned that if I were to pray in the name of Jesus, that they would not account that for as being legit. See, the power of the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, you speak it in the public school system today, people are in an uproar. I mean, I think it was like uh, maybe a, a couple months ago where someone almost got thrown in jail because they led in a prayer. They didn't even speak the name of Jesus. They actually just prayed at a, at a, a banquet. It wasn't even during school hours and they talked about throwing this guy in jail. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is where we're going today. And the reason is because we live in a fallen world. If you speak the name of Jesus, there's so much power in the name of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was um, arrested, and the soldiers, when they asked um, who he was, are you Jesus? He said, I am. And they fell back. They fell back. They fell to the ground. Because of the power of Jesus. That power is still living in you and me. Do you understand that? We have Jesus Christ. If you have accepted Christ by faith in your life, He lives. That, 
Jesus lives in you through the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. So when you pray, you pray in His name. Who are you praying to? That's the thing. See, if you just say, oh, I'm saying my prayers today, well, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Actually, uh, John 9.31 says this, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does His will. If you are direct in direct disobedience to God and you're walking away from Him and you have nothing to do with Him, but yet you want to pray every once in a while, guess what? It's not doing you any good. Because prayer is a relationship with God. Remember, we talked about that this whole series. Prayer is simply a relationship with God. And when you're in a relationship with God, you're doing it through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's in His name. Who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? Now, it's different if the sinner was saying, okay, and we are all, all, all sinners, aren't we? I mean, we have all been saved by the grace of God, but the thing is this, if our heart is in tune with God, if our heart is, is saying, we, we want to, to, um, to offer up this prayer to you, Jesus, we want to talk to you right now. We are in relationship with you. That's much different than, than saying, oh, get me out of this mess that I'm in. I don't know you, God, but get me out of this mess I'm in. And, uh, and I'll move on my merry little way. No, it doesn't work like that. Okay? And I think people think that uh, prayer can be this type of, of, uh, uh, of kind of a machine that we can just get whatever we want out of it and go on our, on our way, like a drive-through prayer, or whatever it may be. And that's not it. Prayer is simply a relationship with God. But the, here's the flip side of this, too. In John 14, 13 to 14, Jesus said, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So we line our hearts with the Holy Spirit and, and yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit and praying His name. And that, that's when God really answers our prayer in a powerful way. Now, He goes on to say this, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. There am I with them. In other words, Jesus is already there. He's already waiting on us. He is the conductor of our symphony. He's ready to guide our prayers of his, of his children in perfect harmony. It's music to his ears. And so this is what I want to do today. I want to encourage you to team up in prayer. I'll give you your first team and your second team. You ready for this? Your first team should be this. If you're to have a prayer partner, it should be your spouse. It should be your spouse. All right? Here's the thing. There's so much power. God, when, when you have, when you have um, come together in marriage, and the, and the Bible describes it as the two becoming one flesh, you are one. Make your prayer partner your wife. If you're not used to praying with your wife, man, start today. It is so powerful. And believe me, you're a lot less mad at each other when you pray together. All right? People, don't, they don't irritate you as much. This, that, because, you know, we live with each other 24-7, and things can get kind of, uh, challenging sometimes, but when you pray together, it is powerful. When you pray together, um, Christ is, is able to really do work in your marriage, do work in the ministry that he has to you as a couple, and so it is really powerful. And so, so work together on praying, for one, praying with one another and for one another. That should be your first team. Now, if you're single, go to the second team, all right? And if you already did the first team, you also want to do the second team as well, and that second team is your church. Pray with your church. Pray with your church. The church is made up of people. All right? 
this is our church. The people at the beach are our church, all right? We are a church. Pray with our church. I'm telling you what, we've got an awesome vision about to be unfolded here in the next couple of months, all right? And I've already shared with some of you this. And it is awesome. But I'll tell you what, it won't mean squat if our church is not a praying church. You understand that? If we, if we do not become a praying church, you might as well just call us dead. It won't matter what kind of strategy we come up with. It doesn't matter what kind of plans we come up with. It doesn't matter if we um, do as much outreach as anyone else uh, down the road. It doesn't matter uh, um, if we're constantly in fellowship with one another at, at certain events. Um, if we are not a praying church, we will never be the church that God intended us to be. Now, we have a Wednesday night prayer service, which is at 7 o'clock, and I understand that based on people's schedules and things like that, you're not able to make it. I totally understand that. Okay. We also have a prayer time about um, a half hour before service starts in the prayer room over here. Um, those are just opportunities for you to, to, to come to. If you can make it, I really encourage you to because especially in these next couple of months. I, after unle- unleashing this vision, Satan has attacked like a thousandfold. Let me just tell you that right now. And especially on your leader. And I need as much prayer as possible. Okay? Because this is not easy. And I need everyone on the same team here. We are Windover Hills together. Uh, and we are Windover Hills that is seeking the heart of God and that's where I want our church to be all about. So if you can do it, if you can, if you can partner up with us in prayer, if you could come on the Wednesday night, or if you can come on the Sunday morning, or other opportunities that we have for prayer, then come. Join us. If you can't, then during that time, if you can't, if you're at work and, you're, and it's like 7 o'clock, whatever, think about us during that time. Pray while you're at work. All right? Pray on the move. Pray, 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 pray. Never give up praying. Continue to pray. We talked about persistence prayer in, uh, a couple weeks ago. Never stop praying, okay? We really want to be the church that God calls to be. We need to be a praying church. Well, how do I begin to select a prayer partner, you may ask? Uh, this other than your spouse, okay, don't go. I mean, other than your spouse, what, what kind of, um, uh, how do I begin to select a prayer partner? These are very practical things that I think could help you that I've experienced in my own life. Uh, first of all, pray. <laughs> pray for the Holy Spirit's guidance, okay, to lead you to um, a person that, that, that you could be prayer partners with. Number two, find someone you're comfortable being around and of the same gender. Uh, hopefully I don't have to explain more than that, but um, just for reasons that, that uh, prayer is so powerful, you come together with someone of another gender and uh, you are with them alone all the time. It could lead to other things that would not be holy. So you understand that, right? Um, The thing is this. uh, Be with people that you're comfortable being around. If you're not comfortable around praying with someone, it's not going to help you at all or help the person that you're praying with. Find someone that closely resembles your your spiritual maturity, Uh, that that you're going through the same thing in your life at at that time in your walk with Christ. It helps and make sure you're with someone that's challenging you all the time because you definitely don't want someone that is just going to say, well, I'm just going to stay the way I am because I feel like I'm good enough. I've arrived. Uh, no, you don't. You want to seek people that are humble, that are, are willing to challenge you, and and to um, and to go along the journey with you in this prayer process. Number four, ask the person to prayerfully consider being a prayer partner. 
Okay, and then number five, set up times and places to meet, then pray. All right, put a plan into action and do it. All right, pray. If you say tomorrow, I'll do this tomorrow, it'll never get done. Do it today. Start praying today. God, who could I link up with in, in our church to really be a prayer partner? God, how, how can I um, um, help um, uh, bring my spouse into more of a, of a prayer partnership? Uh, maybe it's praying before you go to bed at night. Maybe it's, it's setting up a time early in the morning, whatever it may be, uh, praying together. And what should we agree about in prayer? It talks about agreeing and being this symphony like um, uh, that, that God is orchestrating here. What should we agree about in prayer? Um, I got this from Dr. Elmer uh, Towns in, in his book, How to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say. He gives you seven things that I think will be really beneficial to us. And these seven things are this. Agree that God can answer prayer. He can answer any prayer. Right, you remember the story of, uh, of Abraham and Sarah and when God told them in their old age that they would have a child and Sarah starts laughing, right? And I love what, what, uh, what God says here in Genesis 18, 13 to 40. He says, why did, he's talking to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? He says, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. At the age of 90, I may add. God can answer any prayer. Agree on that. Also, in, with your prayer partner, agree that God will answer our prayers. If they are in line with God's will, that He will answer our prayers. It may not um, be exactly what we thought best, but what He thinks best. But if you're praying anyway and yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're going to want to pray according to God's will anyway, that God will answer our prayers. Agree in faith. In Jesus' name, okay, you don't want somebody just saying all the time that, that they are uh, praying to God and they don't even know who Jesus is. Um, then you're not in agreement in prayer, are you? Because we're praying in Jesus' name as well um, and lifting our prayers up to Him. Agree on the urgency of your request. Agree on being completely honest with each other. All right? Be authentic in, in your relationships here. Agree to confess all sin. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that that um, unconfessed sin in your life can be a hindrance to your prayer life. And then number seven, agree to commit our prayers to God. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So as you're praying that you're committing these prayers to God, you're saying, I'm committing these situations to you. It's out of my hands. I am we are powerless to do anything by ourselves. I hope you understand that. But when they are directed to God, God, it, the power is in God. It's not in the, the prayer one. It is in God. Okay, and so we're committing our prayers to God. In other words, what we're doing here is it, talking about this agreement is that agreeing in prayer really speaks the language of God. Uh, when I when I worked at a Mexican restaurant for three days for a cross-cultural experience, um, and uh, for a class assignment, uh, I had the best time. I was the I was the only um, only there that the only one there that really did not speak uh, uh, Spanish. And so, as I was there, uh, I met a man named Manuel, and he was the only Christian of the entire staff, and it was a large staff. 
And he was, there was about a couple uh, people in the, on that staff that only spoke a little bit of English, and he was one of them. Thank goodness, because we were able to interact with each other. And he became like a prayer partner to me. And, and knowing that we were praying together for his, for his brothers on that staff that didn't know Christ yet. And even though the language barrier, you know, we, it's kind of hard to understand each other and things like that, did that ever mess with God? No. It was still beautiful music to God. It was still a, a, um, a powerful um, uh, um, symphony-like um, agreement and prayer to God because we were, our hearts were in tune with what God's will was to be in that, in that place at that time. Mi Pueblo was actually a wonderful restaurant in a small town. And we became prayer partners, praying for his brothers. I think it was powerful. So I thought about, um, I thought about this. You know, green in prayer speaks the language of God. And I was uh, beginning to ask myself how, how I should end this message in this prayer series uh, um, you know, that, we've, that we've done the past four weeks now. I thought, what better way to end this than in, in praying for one another? And even though we're a small group this morning without our ladies, we still have some ladies in here. Thank, thank you, ladies, for coming. <laughs> um, but I thought, let, let's, let's really take the time to pray for one another. Uh, I believe that if we are not a church that is really authentic and real uh, with each other, then really nothing can be accomplished. Um, so this time what I'm going to ask Dave to do, just, just to play something right now, and as he's playing that, I would just like you to flip up your hand if you, just, if you need prayed for today. If there's something that you're just really um, either struggling with or, or, or is in a family situation or if it's... Um, if it's a friend or if it's in your life or whatever it may be, if, if you need prayer, uh, just slip up your hand if you need prayer. Okay? Right. Anyone else? Anyone else need prayer? Okay. Would you raise those hands, keep those hands raised for just a moment? And I'd like you to, I, I would like you to find someone that is, has their hands raised, and I'd like you as a church to go to these people, your own church, and pray with them at this time. Would you be willing to do that? Got a hand raised over here. Got a hand raised right here. We've got another hand raised right here. Would you come and pray? Would you come and pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Right here in the second back row here. Here in the third row. Anyone else? Anyone else need prayer? Anybody struggling with something right now that they just really need prayer for right now? Just take the time to pray for the, these people right now. Thank you for doing that. The rest of us be in prayer right now um, for, for our church, for our people, for our ladies on the retreat, for our vision, maybe for yourself whatever it may be. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our country. Pray for our president. Pray for our, the decisions being made all across this country. Pray for our world. Pray for those that don't know Christ yet. Pray for our community. Connect with your Father this morning.
take the time to pray. Father, you are so precious to us, Lord. You are so, so precious. We are so weak and we need your strength, Lord. I thank you, Father, for our church willing to pray for one another. Lord, this is truly what church is all about. Being one in heart and being one in mind. Father, we love you so much. We love each other, Lord. We just want and desire to do your will. Father, whatever we're going through right now in this congregation, Lord, would you just heal us? Heal us in all kinds of ways, Father. Heal us in our families. Heal us in our personal lives, in our finances, in our struggles, in in our minds, and whatever it may be, Father. We love you, and we know that... um, You know what each heart represents here today, Lord. And we pray that more of us would just seek your heart in this whole matter. Father, may we continue to worship you today. And may we carry it into our homes, into our businesses, into our workplace, into our schools, into our families. We praise you, Father, in Jesus. In the powerful, powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.